Yeah. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's my man, Mr. Producer Extraordinaire, Mr. Michael Connell. And this is Philly Full Court Press. What's going on, Mike? Yo, yo, yo. How we doing, T. Will? Happy Halloween, maybe. Sixers are back. NBA's back. Oh, man. What a time to be a sports fan. Yeah, man. Happy Halloween to you. Uh, make sure that everyone, uh, if you're going out trick-or-treating, be safe. Uh, wear a lot of reflecting clothes so we can see you because some people can't see in the dark. <laughs> and uh, leave your house light on. That is the rule still. Leave your house light on. Yep. So the uh, trick-or-treaters know you're home and available to hand out candy. Or do what we did in uh, my hood uh, due to the regulations. If you're still a little worried about getting too close to contact with people, we put a table out, put the candy uh, individually in cups, and they could take the cup and put it in their bag. There you go. And we had a little trash can to decide if the kids dumped the cup in their bag, they threw the cup out. So, you know, all kinds of ways you could do it. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, man, it is Halloween, uh, Halloween week. And it's funny you said, you said that Mike, because, um, usually on Halloween week, it gets a little spooky around here <laughs> in the area. And, uh, it definitely got spooky for the Sixers, That's uh, sure. coming out of the gates, coming out of the gates. So we're going to wrap about that a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, of course, uh, Doc Rivers. Um, is he Doc Rivers or is he Glenn Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going to get into that one. Uh, I mean, Mike, there's, I mean, listen, man. I mean, it's the same mistakes, Mike. Same mistakes. New Year, same mistakes. Yeah. So we'll dive into that a little bit and, um, We'll dive in a little bit of with, um, you know, the, the the Joel Embiid situation, and uh, you know, you know, I got a nugget, Mike. Of course, you know, I got a nugget. I always got a little nugget to drop. So you know me, follow the tea leaves. <laughs> yes, sir. It's gonna get you to where you got to get to and get your knowledge because we're gonna give you the real content that you need. And it's funny because when I when I when I put the nugget out there on social media, uh, someone responded. Never saw him before. Responded said, uh, is this a wish list or, you know, like my thought, my opinion or wish list? And I responded back to him. I said, I don't do wish lists. <laughs> we don't do wish lists, Mike. You know that. We right. we give the we give the real to real. And I told him, I said, I got timestamps and I got full con uh content. So, you know, you can go check it out. Let me know what you think. So he said he's looking forward to listening to the show. And I was looking forward to giving the show, Mike. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. I'm <laughs> yeah, fired so up. Let's go. Yeah, man, let's go. So um, first off, coming out of the gate, we're going to talk about um, uh, which which one you want, Mike? You want opening night? You want Brooklyn? Or do you want the last game, like the last two games, uh, Pistons and Knicks? I'm going to let you choose. And All then right. I'm going to start drilling you. All right, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how uh, how they collapsed against the Nets. Against the Nets, because you, you've been <laughs> I knew you was going there because you've been talking about it. That's one has been bothering you. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the Sixers opened up that game uh, in the first quarter. Uh, they opened up 34 to 28. In the second quarter, they had to lead uh, 20 to 27. 
Um, third quarter really didn't get away from them too much. They only lost a quarter by one. It was the fourth quarter, man. Fourth quarter, they, it seems like they almost got uh, doubled up. Uh, they couldn't stop anybody. Right. And, you know, the droughts, the, the Brett Brown droughts mm-hmm. that are still in the stench of the Sixers uniforms, even with new players and new coaches, is still here. And the reason it is, Mike, is because this this is why this is why you 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 need a point guard. Okay, mm-hmm. this is why the NBA has point guards to understand the flow of the game, to slow the pace down, to set things up, to get you a bucket. You can't have Embiid being the point five. Because then you're going to have people running and attacking them. It, it just doesn't work. You yeah. need that point guard. And this is where, all right, you, you say, people say, oh, you're not missing 2 5. Well, this is where you're missing 2 5 because he could potentially get these guys in position and facilitate. He's a totally. facilitator. 2 5 is a facilitator. Totally. And they yes. didn't have a, facil- a facilitator on the team or a defensive stopper who could stop, you know, uh, KD. And um and um the beer, they didn't have it. No. So, it the ugly reared his head again. Yeah. But uh, go of ahead, co- Mike. I'd of- like get it off your chest. <laughs> well, it's just like, of course, you know, it looked like it was gonna be such an awesome win for the first forty-four minutes until the five twenty-one mark, where the the Nets finished on a sixteen-to-one run. It it just made me want to pull my hair out, man. It was just all game, fired up. Sixers were playing well. They looked like they were playing together. It was a nice gel. And Friday night. Playing. Right. Curry was hitting his threes. Toby looked pretty solid. Maz was doing his thing. Drummond was getting big boards. He finished with 10 boards. So, I, I mean, I, I thought that it was going to be a statement type of win. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I had a good feeling all the way through. And even – even I was like, all right, they'll withstand this. They'll withstand this. They'll get a bucket, uh, you know, but they were missing, missing free throws. They were turning the ball over. It just was – it was a devastating collapse, and it just totally gave me shades of the Atlanta Hawks series, and it just – it was horrible, man. And, and I really am hoping we don't see another loss like that for a long time. But like you said, man, new year, same mistake. So, it's just – uh, It's going to happen, man. Yeah. And, and – and now, now a couple games in, I'm gonna ask you this, okay? So yeah. one, five games in, really early to the season. Now, do you see why I am not emotionally attached to this team? Yeah, I, I definitely can can understand why, and I, I'm honestly a little jealous almost because my night was ruined multiple times. Even even after the next game, you expected it, but I. I thought they were gonna they were gonna pull that one out. Uh, obviously, they got their they got they got their butt handed to them. So uh, it was that next game. That, that next game was exactly how I I, I I saw it play out. Yeah, exactly. There was no if ands or buts. And yo, shout out to my man Philly T two one five out in Cali. I, you know, I had to take a donation from him, Mike, and I put it I put it towards our uh, our cheer. So, you know, uh, Mike and I, uh, we, we sell the T-shirts and the sweatshirts. 
you know, we got the website up and, um, you know, those donations, you guys basically, when you purchase a t-shirt or sweatshirt, a portion of that money goes into our holiday cheer and our holiday cheer gets, gets turned in to, uh, one of the local churches that help feed the seniors throughout the holidays. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a good deed that we do. So, you know, we get our, we get full court press out there, but you guys also, you know, are putting it towards something. So, you know, my guy, you know, I, I put a little something out there on social media. I said, Sixer fans don't get emotionally uh, stressed about tonight's game. I got a bad feeling. <laughs> and the comments were rolling in. And he said, you know, Sixers going to wax that ass. <laughs> and I said, how much? And <laughs> he came back to me, why are you going to bet on your own team? And I'm like, look. It's not about betting on my own team, you know. Is is me is 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 business. Yeah, it's usually money your first. brain over your heart, man. Right, it's business. You know, money first, team second. <laughs> and he was like, "Well, you know, he, he well yada yada yada." I'll put up fifty. So I was like, "Look, I gave him an opportunity. Like, look, let's back out. If you want to do it, don't do it. I don't want to." <laughs> I don't want to take money from someone on our squad, man. This is our team, Mike. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. This is our squad. Like, you know, it's like me and you don't duck into each other. I don't want yeah, to do that. that. That's friendly fire, you know? man. Right, right, right. And he was like, no, nah, it's on. I was like, all right. Handshake deal. Third quarter. Yo, what's your Venmo, man? I'll still <laughs> but, but, yeah, man. So, anything that – whenever I do that, Mike – um. You know, if and like I told Nina, who is a friend of the show, who lives in Florida, so mm-hmm. you can see we're all over the map. Cali, Florida, up here. Oh yeah. He, uh, she said to me, um, I told her when we were chatting that you know if I was a real a hole, I would have upped Annie and try to you know really make something off of him. But you know I wasn't trying to do that. wasn't you know wasn't wasn't about that. So I'm taking that that portion that, you know, he did contribution to, and I'm putting that to the holiday chair, Mike. So Love it, man. Love it. Everybody you know, wins. Everyone wins. So, you know, shout out to uh, uh, Philly, two, Philly T215 out in Cali, man, for the uh, holiday chair donation, man. So he said it made him, it didn't make him feel as bad as he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. So. But, yeah, that's my guy, man. He's a good dude. He's a Philly through and through, Mike, man. That's great. You know, he's Philly through and through. But, yeah, so, you know, this Knicks game, and even Doc Rivers said it on TNT that the Knicks, after the first quarter, he didn't like the flow of the game. And the Sixers were up three after the first quarter. Yep. He didn't like the flow of the game. The um, the Knicks were out physicality in them. They, they just leaned like they were playing harder. And the Sixers weren't setting any picks. They were coming up with one shot and – the turnovers, Mike, man, God, the turnovers. So sloppy, man. So sloppy. Yeah. It, it, you're not going to win games like that. And then the second quarter, it was just like the floodgates open up. And the Sixers, you know what? I got to give them credit. They fought back. They didn't quit. Right. They didn't roll they didn't, over. They didn't roll over. They didn't quit. The score wasn't – the score doesn't really tell the picture of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they only had really the – the one bad quarter, which was the second quarter. 
but you know they they fought they fought back and and I I appreciated that so yeah but the Knicks are are for real like Tibbs we we talked about that last season remember Mike absolutely the Knicks are for real so they will be in the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs again second year in a row um, they're going to be doing good things but um but it's funny because we you talked about the turnovers in that game you talked about not holding the lead against the Nets and then the other night against the Pistons Mike <laughs> what was that <laughs> I mean that's a win but you look at it like what just happened yeah way too stressful it was just like you said, uh, it should have been, you know, you coast, you put on, you put the blue coats in and you, you just put it in neutral, but it, it certainly, it was more of a headache and uh, more of a, more of, give me some heart palpitations at some points during the game. So, <laughs> I mean, emotionally detached, Mike, you got to <laughs> detach yourself emotionally from this team this season. Oh my it's, God. It's- Easier said than done, man. Easier said than done. What do you mean easier said than done? If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, but you, you're, you're, you know, you're wise beyond your years, my friend. I, I'm, I'm 23. I'm still, you know, I'm too emotionally attached to everything. So I, I don't know. I, I got to get better at, at, at disciplining myself that way. Very va- fair and valid point. Very fair and valid point. I'll give you that one. <laughs> so anyone above 25, let's start emotionally detaching yourself <laughs> from the Sixers. Exactly. Because, I mean, it, this is the type of season it's going to be. You know, uh, I don't think 2-5 is that much a distraction. It's just the, the pieces that are here, they're good pieces, but it just doesn't have that feel like last season, Mike. It really doesn't. So, you know, you go up against the Pistons, like you said, it should have been a Blue Coats game. And when Mike and I say Blue Coats, we mean the bench empties early and they get plenty of run. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And the Sixers went over seven minutes without scoring, a seven-minute drought. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Toronto, playoff game. Boston. Playoff game. Last season, Atlanta. Playoff game. Detroit, regular season. Something that I probably would have overlooked if they were playing a little bit better. But now these are things that are sticking out to me. These droughts. Scary. Don't have... You don't have that guy on the team outside MB that's going to be a stopper. Danny Green is a slow starter. He's a slow starter to the season because he's got a lot of miles on his legs. He's a seasoned vet. He was he awful. To- he was awful against the Nets. He, he airballed those threes. Oh, my God, man. Terrible. But it, was, it kind of mirrors what he did last season. Remember last season he had he had a really little slow start and everyone was like, oh, this is what we get out of Danny Green, yada yada yada. Yes. And then yes. by mid by mid season, he was like a fan favorite. Yeah, he turned it on. He turned Mike. He every time we I don't you know my social media timeline. I don't know about yours and what I've seen. Fans were in love with Danny Green. Mm-hmm. They were in love with him. Now you know other people's timeline may have not seen that. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, mine's did. You know, it's not really an argument, you know, per se. It's just, you know, just an observation. Observation, exactly. Right. And he wasn't getting killed on lo local radio or national radio. He was actually being talked about how he was like another coach on the floor, his defensive presence doing well. And then when he got hurt in the playoffs, then it kind of, you know, reared his head like, hey, they're missing Danny Green. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he he was bad, very bad. <laughs> and he was so bad that he didn't score again in the Detroit game. He played 30 minutes and gave us one rebound and one assist. What oh. the – is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand you a slow starter, my man, but God damn, boy. One rebound, one assist. I could do one rebound and one assist in 29 <laughs> minutes in the NBA game. <laughs> Seriously, man. Ugh. Seriously, like, come on. And I understand. I get it. Everyone, oh, Danny should come off the bench. You know, he's not a starter. He's an old vet. I, I agree. I agree across the board. But you're not telling me who you're starting. Because the names you're giving me aren't that guy. Quirk Moz is not that guy. Mm-hmm. George Niang is not that guy. Those guys are what Daryl Morey said, role players to complement your your stars, your starters. Yep. Can I am I laying the picture out a little bit, Mike? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it, it, just follow me. Your role players are complementary to your stars. You can't ask you can't. the players to be do too much. And this is why, and this is what the fan base is doing from what I'm seeing on my timeline. Yeah, I agree. They're 100%. Asking, they're asking, and, and what I'm hearing on the radio, you're asking and you're just, oh, well, blase, blase, <laughs> put this person in and this person. No. This is why. You you hold on to two five until the right trade comes up one till he's now he now it's not a mental health issue he's just not he's like mentally not ready to play so it's like a uh, like he's not he's got like a mental fatigue on playing so you wait for him to to get right to get back on the court he has a skill set that fits this team. Yes, I know he's only going to give you 14 points, occasional 20 here and there. But he has a skill set that this team needs that Maxie's not going to give you. Mm -hmm. I love I love Maxie. You know, I think he's I think he's going to be a stud, but he's still learning. He's still learning on the job. And this is why I said they should assign re-sign George Hill because he gives you a veteran presence. And he's a guard that could help. There's no one on his team that can help. Maxi is by he's he's basically by himself, so he's learning on the job. Kind of like when two five was here, there was really no one here. Yeah, definitely getting thrown into the fire a little bit, you know. Yeah, and, and he's handling it, you know, for, for you know second year. Yeah, yeah. 
he's handling it, but he's not he's not ready. He's not ready. And this is what I was preaching last season. And I, you know, and every time Maxie had a good game, like I had to eat it because fans were coming. Oh, gee, well, you see what Maxie did? <laughs> you know, Maxie, Maxie, It was oh, AI, Maxie. You you go to the arena and Maxie got elevations like it was Allen Iverson. Like, what's going on? What am I not seeing? But you know, I think you know Maxie is going to be good once the game slows down for Maxie. He'll be good. Right now, he's playing at the speed of the game. Yeah, yeah. you know, and he's a scorer. Maxie's a scorer point guard. He was looking to score. He's not a facilitator type set you up, get your team in the offensive flow. Mm-hmm. You know, he's you know, he's like almost he's almost a combo guard. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. They need a point guard. And they haven't had a point guard in Eric Snow. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. Who's the last point like Real point guard they had here. Yeah, think about geez. that. One. Yeah, think about that one. <laughs> they need a point guard. So, you know, that's how I look at it, Mike. That's how I look at it. But, um, hey, man, coming up, gotta drop the tea leaves, man. What players on the Sixers' radar? Is Dame real or reality? I don't know, Mike. Some questions need to be asked. That and so much more in this edition of Philly Full Court Press. Stay with us, fam. Grab your drinks. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. We were born in a city that took on an empire. And won. A city that goes its own way. Then goes all in. We find our own way to win. We lift the game higher. We find beauty in blocks. Our history is making history. And just as we did then, we wanted more. We abandoned the rule book of basketball. We blend science with sweat. We drown opponents in decibels because Philly doesn't follow convention. We lose more sweat, more sleep, more hours, more sanity. But we don't lose, we get hungry. Every fight has an underdog, and they can't stop 20,478 of us. Because on this team, in this city, Revolution is our name. Get exclusive player photos, team videos, and more with the official Sixers mobile app. Download the app for free at sixers.com slash app. want to make something that truly reflects the city of Philadelphia, it better be great. It better stand the test of time. 
better expect to work if you want the results. That's just how the city was built. And that's just how we're made. You see, here, greatness requires a push and a pull. A challenge, a goal, a chase, a pursuit. But when you get there, by day or night, you'll turn the curve into as great a city as you'll find anywhere. Where the stars light up the night, reflecting icon. Rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. Reflecting greatness. Iverson has Jordan. Reflecting the spirit of competition that's fueled us from the start. Built for the city. Built for the night battle. Like, you know, I've been leaving this in there right now. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on this vibe. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it, <I'm, laughs> what more can I say? <laughs> mm, mm. Yo, Mike, man, listen. We've been dropping knowledge all summer. Mm-hmm. We've been dropping knowledge all last season. Now, there's a name, and, you know, Mike has no idea who I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm still in the dark over here. He's still in the dark. And I, I'm going to – the same the same question I'm going to ask you in a second is the same one I asked, you know, on our social media page. Um, this name is, start, is starting to – it's like – I, I don't know. I don't want to say crabgrass because it's not bad. It maybe it's. Uh, I don't want to say flower and, and nurture and water. <laughs> I want to stay away from that analogy, Nick Seriani, um, because it's just just bad. Oh man, my Eagles might was wrong with them. Oh, uh, plenty, plenty wrong. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so this player, I think the fan base would go bonkers for Mike, and he fits the Sixers mold. All right, <clears throat> so here we go. Two weeks ago, and it's, it's even hard for me to say this. It was two weeks ago. You know, Big Mouth Stephen A. Smith dropped the name on his show. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Mike, whenever Steven and I didn't see it, I did not see it. I heard about it. Okay, I heard about it like as he did it. Yeah, you don't. You don't watch that. You don't watch that crap. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm I'm on the I'm on the go twenty four seven. Anyone yeah. knows me, I'm hard to pin down. So you know, I I got a text message. Yo, did you? Can you believe what Stephen A. Smith just said? I was like, no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and. This is what he he said, quote, Stephen A. Smith, Daryl Morey is really observing 
a situation. And I said, hmm. I know, okay, whatever. Stephen A. Smith just, you know, talking his talk. Today, a podcast mentioned the same person's name. Prior to that, I did some digging and found out there was a little bit of interest, a little, a, a little bit of interest, and Maury's keeping tabs on it. Mm-hmm. Mike, I want to ask you, what player do you think I'm talking about? I'll give you three guesses. Yo, I, I have no freaking idea, man. I, I'm honestly optimistic in terms of I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to like the name that you dropped, but I don't know. I'm also, I don't know, I'm, I'm optimistic about, uh, about too, many, too many of these players. So Give we'll me see. your optimism. Is ladies it, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where Mike gives me his wish list. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Just give me three names. Give me three that you would, would like to see. <clears throat> All right, well, so obviously Damian Lillard, but I don't think that's – obviously that's not the name you're going to drop. Man, would you just say the damn names? <laughs> <laughs> damn. How about, uh, how about Sadiq Bey from Detroit? I love him. Oh, yeah, you, you and your Villanova love. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what else? That's not actually not a bad name, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be something. He's a beast. But you don't uh, – yeah. Victor Oladipo. Oh, yeah, listen, that's a that's a strong pull. So, Mike says Sadiq Bay, Oladipo, or Dane. Um, some people on social media said uh, Ja Morant. <clears throat> someone said Jackie Moon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone said um, uh, there was another one. Uh, can't remember off the top of my head. And shout out to my guy uh, Prince Blue who. He gave me his top six stars in the NBA, and he one of the six was in his list, but he didn't know which guy. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, James Harden. <laughs> James Harden is back on the radar. Yo. He's back on the radar. If Ben Simmons, now this is what I'm this is what I'm understanding. If Ben Simmons was right in his head and he was playing, he was at if he came to camp, play was playing right now, playing hard, and you know, doing what Ben does pre-All-Star game, giving you all oh, man the, the flashes and stuff. James Harden. Wow. James Harden. We're back at the James Harden situation. Give you a little nugget. James Harden did not sign his extension in Brooklyn yet. James Harden is pissed at Kyrie Irving for the the stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. He wants a championship. He wants to win. James Harden's on record saying if the Nets were healthy last season, they would have beat Milwaukee. Now, granted, Harden didn't have a great series, but he was also playing hurt. 
mm-hmm. but he played. He played. KD was a gorilla. He was a straight monster. He was but hurt, it wasn't. Yeah. He was hurt. And you know, Giannis showed with team ball and having the right pieces, you can take out a super team. Mm-hmm. Harden's not happy with the situation in Brooklyn because of Kyrie. He left he left Houston to go to Brooklyn and changed his style of game to fit with Kyrie and KD. You put James Harden on this team. That's like saying Dame Dame Lillard. You put James Harden on his team next to MB. Good night. <laughs> Facts. Now, I know my man Jay over in, in Northeast Philly, he's going to beat me up. Oh, but you didn't want to trade Ben last season. So man, stop. Stop it. I never said I wouldn't trade Ben. I just wasn't. I didn't like what was offered from what we were hearing. I didn't like the full package. Hindsight's twenty twenty, you know? Right, right. And, you know, if you got an, but I also said, and Mike, you could pull tape if you need to. I do remember saying this, quote, you get a James Harden and you keep a Ben Simmons. You know, you figure out a way to get James Harden to play next to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. Okay, yeah. You don't you don't give up a Ben Simmons just for just for the James Harden. You want to add to Joel and Ben because they were the pillars of your cornerstone of your team. And people and it's funny, Jackie McMullen, Ramona Shelbourne, uh Kendra Perkins, Jay Williams, Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp. Um, the usual suspects. The usual suspects. I can't remember Michigan's name right now. What's his name, Mike? Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. All you, as as the cuz says, all you mother fathers <laughs> said that the Sixers can't win with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but yet their record together is over 70%. Let that sink in. Yeah. They can win. They now they haven't got out of the second round. That's the issue, because the game is different. We always say the game is different in the playoffs. So, but this isn't a, this is where we're at because two five is not playing. So, how do you how do you handle Harden's? willingness of not being happy one state above you basically yeah or to the side to you know next to you and not having not having the 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 actual piece to move to to uh make this happen how how do you how can you handle that right now you can't yeah I, i actually have a question for you t will What's so up? How how does uh, the news today that came out of the Sixers exercising the fourth year option for Dybul and the third year option for Maxi? How does that affect their you know the possibility of of trade of you know trading for Harden if that were to be the case? 
It doesn't. It, it's actually a good move because you're locking up your young guys still at a, a really reasonable price. Yeah, yeah. It's a smart play. Keep You keep your young guys in camp. Keep them in here. Keep them growing. Keep them together. That's how you uh, team chemistry. That's how you build. Um, but, yeah, man, that's where we're at. If this guy would just, you know, he didn't cause all this chaos, he would be out of here from James Harden anyway. Yep. Potentially. Potentially. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this was. This is a hundred percent facts. I'm not saying this is legit. You know, stamp it. I'm just giving you information that I've come across. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, Stephen A. Smith talked about it two weeks ago, and I really didn't pay any attention to it. And then a usual suspect, Jalen Rose, talked about it on his show with Jacoby. So, and he talked about it this evening, today, Mike. Oh, wow. I found out this a couple days ago. So. There you go. Something's up. Listen. I trust Maury. Yes. I I think the fan base is getting a little restless, but you know what? <laughs> just a little. I think that's, just a, a little restless, <laughs> but that's just the emotional side of Philadelphia sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Chew on that, man. Chew on that. You know, listen, be logical. Think logically. Think with an open mind. Don't hot take anything don't start your trade simulations just just let it breathe let it breathe let's see how the, the situation plays out in brooklyn with hard and katie they got they don't look they don't look good as a team right now individually great kd awesome harden we speaks for himself LaMarcus Aldridge playing himself back in the good shape. Blake Griffin, downside of his career. DeAndre Jordan, Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> Joe Harris, right now he's not hitting his jumper, but he's lethal. They have pieces. Patty Mills, great. See what I'm saying? Individuals. Right. But as a team, they don't look so great right now. They don't look that great to me. And... It only takes one hardened blow up for that to be a nightmare up there. So, and Kyrie, keep doing what you're doing to make this situation better for us Philadelphia 76 fans. <laughs> you know, because KD's not happy either. So, you got two of your top stars, uh, you know, that are not happy with the third star because they they feel naturally so that if he was playing they'd be unstoppable and i kind of might agree with them they they were you know that that that's a hard hard machine to uh to take down yeah they're a juggernaut with that 
full yeah. full lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's let's call a spade a spade, man. Yeah. We talking yeah. who? We talking hoops here. <laughs> you know, a full healthy Nets team is is going to take down ninety five percent of the league, mm-hmm. if not ninety eight percent of the league. So, Mike, man, what we got on the dock, man? Coming up, Mike, what's up? Yeah, got, man, I'm, uh, uh, I'm fired up. We, we still got another segment, a little Q&A coming up. And, uh, yeah, we also Doc got – Doc Rivers. Yeah, yeah, Doc Rivers on, um, you know, how they played against the Knicks and Pistons. And um, I'm going to dig into Tobias Harris's ass. Oh, man. Yeah, he almost got away. He almost got away, but I have. I thought he's right gonna here. sneak away. Dude, I got him right here. I will save him for last. Hey, yo, guys, if you got a refill, refill right now, man. This is Philly Full Court Press. Big T, Will, Michael Connor. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo, want you say? No, I mean he's he's a hell of a player and, and he did it tonight. Um I thought he imposes his will in, in several parts. I, I thought uh, the end of the second quarter was the biggest turning point of the game uh, for us because that gave us that stretch the lead out for us. Um, you know, um, we played well tonight. We just were sloppy on offense. We had 20 turnovers. Uh, it's rare. It, it tells you actually how well we played. It's, it's rare you win a game when the other team has 13 more shots uh, than you, and they did. So uh, we were fortunate. I, I honestly, I, I, it felt like, and honestly, I was uh, frustrated in the first game in the uh, first quarter in New York. Um, I felt like we should have been up by 20, and it was like a three-point game because we were so sloppy with the ball, uh, didn't see open guys. And then tonight, uh, just from a coaching standpoint, very frustrating because I thought we were trying to do the right things. We just kept shooting ourselves in the foot, turning it over in transition. Um, you know, I don't know how many times in the New York game and in this game, two on ones, three on twos, that we don't even get shots at the basket. We're turning the ball over. Those are the things uh, that we have to fix, you know, um, because that's a passing problem. And, and so that's – we have to improve in that area as a whole unit. Uh, 20 turnovers, it, it's hard to win a game uh, when, you, when you have that many turnovers. Oh, he was great. He was great, you know. Um, him and Ferk, first of all, they played together. We start putting them in that little two-man game action. Um, we hadn't ran that all year, but they know it. So, and, and it's, it's one of those actions. The only two people that know, have, know the play on that is those two. And everybody has to read what they do. And they, 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 they did some good stuff. Uh, I thought he was rusty early on. Uh, but overall, I, I was, he was fantastic. Probably both, you know. Um, I didn't think... Um, I didn't think the ball stuck, honestly, until they, when the first group came back in, which we honestly didn't want to, to do that tonight. You know, with, with Joel, all these guys, you know, have some bumps. Like, this, this is one of those games you're praying you can get through this game once you took them out. Um, and then the second group even extended the lead and then gave it back up. So, um, but I, I, I thought there was the one stretch where the ball stuck or stopped moving. You can see me 
get the ball moving again. But then once we got the ball moving back, um, we still made turnovers that you just – just th this was a frustrating – because they were simple. I mean, give them credit, 12 of them maybe, but the other eight were on us. And, and those are the things we have to take care of. Yeah, yeah still won't right now because it's every other day. So right. it's still, you know, we'll be able to have tougher shoot-arounds uh, for sure. You know, like today was, you know, you travel, you come back. But, you know, tonight they get to go home, at least most of them hopefully. Um, and then uh, tomorrow they'll all be in the gym. So we'll get some work in but not practice. Uh, then tomorrow, the next day we'll, have a, we'll, we'll actually have a running shoot-around where we can actually get after it a little bit. So those are things, you know, we're a work in progress. We see that. We understand that. Quirky start of the season, three road games of your first four. Um, that's unusual, especially going to New Orleans, flying home back to Oklahoma. You know, just geography. I just thought that that would have been easy. But um, I get it. TV wanted us in Brooklyn. So there's nothing you can do about it. I thought we handled it pretty well. You know, it's funny. Our turnovers didn't come from that. Our turnovers came from simple post passes. Uh, we had a transition where we threw the ball backwards. I've never seen that in my life uh, uh, to, to a foot, you know. So it wasn't the pressure from Joseph, which he does create problems, him and uh, Javon Carter. There's certain guys, you know, going into the game. Uh, just from what they do, they're going to do that. Uh, I thought our guys were ready for that. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, Mike. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Oh, Mike, you just gonna leave me hanging like that? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back, Big T. Will, Michael Connell, Mike. Man, listen, Doc Rivers kind of laid it out. You know, he kind of laid it out how. Uh, Basically, what we talked about with the Knicks and Pistons game, but you know, my frustration isn't with as much as I talked about Danny Green earlier in the segment. It's more or less with Tobias Harris, man. Like this guy, Mike. He had twenty-one points against the Nets in the first half. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Twenty-one points in the first half. What do you think he ended the game with? I think he, I think he ended with 23, right? <laughs> 23 goddamn points. Where do you go in the second half? Fell off a cliff. You played 37 minutes and gave me 23 points. You carried the team in the first half with 21 points, man. Is he allergic to 30? <laughs> he might be. OKC, 33 minutes, 14 points, nine rebounds. Where are you at? Pelicans, 
20 points in 28 minutes. You, I'm telling you, he is a Cleveland Brown. I called it last season. He looks good from afar if he's on, if he's not on your team. You're like, oh man, I'd love to have a guy like Tobias Harris on our team. And then you get him and he's just, he's flat. He is so flat. Oh my God. 33, 33 minutes against the Knicks. 23 points again. He is scared of 30 points. He won't go for the juggernaut. He won't. If you're giving me 21 points in the first half, I expect, I expect a 30 plus game from you. You need it. You need one. Come on. It's not. Points. <laughs> it's nine points. Mike, you scored 21 points in two quarters. You can't give me nine points in two more? It's ridiculous. I mean, seriously. It's nine points, Mike. I mean, he literally just, like, last time we saw him was in the back of a milk carton in the second half or any time he needed a big shot from him. He's just – he folds like a cheap suit. Man, KG got better suits than Tobias Harris. <laughs> 17 points in 36 minutes against the Detroit Pistons. Who gave the Sixers a run? Towards the end of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, gave the Sixers a run from the Detroit Pistons. That team is awful. Mm. Awful. And you gave me 17 points in 36 minutes. One assist. Six rebounds. Mike, I had it with him. <laughs> Seriously, I had it with this guy, man. And it's five games into the season. You've had enough. I had enough. I've already called it. You, uh, you remember Nat, right? Nat Marlowe? Yeah, of course. Nat, when we first, Nat and I first linked up, uh, the year, not it wasn't the first time we linked up. It was the second, our second season uh, when it was around this time, five or six games in, mm-hmm. I was done with Brett Brown. <laughs> I was done. He was. It was his last season, actually. Yeah, and look how that turned out. Exactly. I was done with Brett Brown, and I, I'm five games into the season, and I'm done with Tobias Harris. I'm gonna put this out there. <laughs> so you're about. I'll even get. I'll even call. I'll round it off. You got 75 games left, right? Sure. How many 30 point games is Tobias Harris gonna have? Like, do you want my, like... Over-under. Give me an over-under. All right. Uh, over... 75 games left. All right, so I'll go one in every 10 games. So I'll go over-under seven and a half. Under. <laughs> under. Yeah, I, I was just, just going to say, there's no, there's no way I have faith. No way I have faith in him giving me three. <laughs> oh my god games three yeah i'd say five but 
That's still not that's still not nearly as much as we would need him to do. Your homework for next segment, and I'm sure someone else is gonna beat you to it and and tweet it tweet it away or put it on our Instagram. How many thirty point games did Tobias Harris have last season? <laughs> if you find that out between the time we, you know, post this and uh, record next. Just shoot it to me. Shoot it want, to me. You don't want me to find out now? Find out now. Can you find out now? Yeah. How many 30-point games did Tobias Harris have last season? I'm telling you, this guy is allergic to 30-point games. I saw that stat, uh, and um, it, it, it jumped at me. It was like a, I was like a deer in headlights when Kate Scott said Tobias Harris was like uh, 8 for 11 or 9, nine for 12. It was something like his, he was playing great. Mm-hmm. And he went up for the layup and had 21 points. I said 21 points. And I looked and I was like, there's no way he's getting 30. And he ended up with 23 points. Yeah, that ain't well, right. Why are you disappearing, Toby? Why are you disappearing in the second half? What what is it that you come out with with the with energy, but not the energy you have when you start? I'm curious. I I dead I'm dead serious. I'm curious on what is it because the more I pay attention to your game, it seems like the the softer you're getting in the second half, getting blocked, turnovers. You had a great you had a great offensive rebound, and it was you were uh you weren't you had a a great offensive rebound a soft double team on you and you tried to dribble out and you got the ball stripped against the Detroit Pistons you got the ball stripped it's like I need Doctor call time I'm sorry I need Glenn <laughs> to call timeout put you back under the tunnel and come back out again for the third time. What is it? You pounded your chest last season. I'm an all-star. I'm an all-star. And you put up, like I said, great numbers. And I had to, and listen, my guy, Joe, you know, I, I bust his balls about him being negative, but you know, sometimes his negativity is spot on. I don't, you know, I don't, he he wasn't all sold on Tobias Harris. And, you know, I stuck up for Toby because he he played well. I mean, let's don't get it twisted. Tobias Harris is a, a good solid Bobby Abreu. <laughs> right. And I can't take credit for that. So, but I heard that and it's hilarious because it's accurate. All right. So, T. Will, in 62 games, Last year, guess how many he had? Guess how many 30-point games? Two. He had three. (laughs) (laughs) And he did score 29 a few times, too. He probably scored 29 like six, seven times. Yeah, I think he scored 29 three or four times as well. But, yeah, his high was 36. He had 32, and then he had – Was that an overtime game, that 36? Uh, It was against a loss against the Jazz, so – 
he, and that played, was, he, oh, he played 37 and a half minutes. That was in Utah, right? Yes. That was a game Ben had 42, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, February 15th, yeah, I think so. Yep, okay. Tobias Harris is not giving you seven 30-point games this season in 75 games. <laughs> There's no chance. And he's getting a max contract, and that's what's starting to bother me. You're getting max money to give me a max performance, and all you're doing is giving me that, oh, she looks good, until you start dating her. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded. Every team in the NBA could use a Tobias Harris when they look from afar until he gets on your team. <laughs> and it takes a little while, but then you see he's only going to give you what bare necessities. <laughs> That's great. That's what it is, man. Get off my radar and give me some 30-point games, especially when you get hot starts. You get hot starts. Mike, if Embiid started the game out with 21 points in the first half, he's giving you 38. At least. Unless he gets pulled. And the yeah, unless it's a blowout. In. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. But if he's playing like the full game, he's he's getting the 40. He's at least 38. At least. Right. If Curry has one of his hot shooting performances at 21, if he don't get pulled, he's giving you 30. Mm -hmm. Shake Milton has scored 30. <laughs> They don't get paid what you get paid, bro. <laughs> I'm going to open your real content. I want to open your eyes to these players, and you're going to see why I am not emotionally attached to this team this season. I called the Brett Brown six, seven games in. I was done with him. Um, uh, give me some 30-point games, Tobias Harris. Well, it, see, it, it, it seems like he's getting some sort of emotionally attachment from, from you, some sort of, some sort no, of he's reaction. Getting, he's getting pissed. He's getting me pissed the f*** off. That's what he's getting. <laughs> well, isn't that still emotional? No, no. See, it's a difference of, it's a difference of emotion. Okay. It's a difference of emotion. It's not All the right. emotion. It's not the emotion where... The fan part of me is giving you the rah rah. Here we go. Let's go. All right. That's oh, fair. we lost. Oh, we lost to the Nets. We should have had it. Oh, the Knicks whipped our ass. No, no. This is this is a different emotion. This is <laughs> this this emotion here is is triggered based on his performance that he's not living up to the standards of his contract. Okay. All right, I, I hear you. So you're more of like a uh, an outsider looking in and examining the situation, analyzing the situation more so than being a fan. All right, that's fair. Tobias Harris was the one who put out the, I'm sorry, I got to do better. Yeah. On the IG last season, at the end of the Atlanta Hawks season, right? Yeah, I, I remember Atlanta that. Hawks series. 
He wants to take ownership. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the vo- the vocal voice in the in the locker room. He wants to be leader. This, that, and the third. You got to score thirty points. There's a reason why you're not an all star. You can't disappear in second, especially with this team. You can't disappear in second half of games. Atlanta Hawks, Portland Trailblazers, Chicago Bulls. Three games, three games, all at home. Ain't going to be easy. One and two? I wouldn't be surprised. They go one and two. They'll be four and four. Mm -hmm. I had them seven and two. Yeah. With with two five playing. True, true. That is true. With two five playing, I had them at seven and two. So this will four and four potentially. And I'm not I'm not being down on my squad. I'm I'm being real. Being real. I mean, I could see that if they beat the Hawks uh, tomorrow night, you know, I could see them somehow going three and zero, getting getting a little momentum going. Mike, tonight. they should go three and zero. That's my whole point. Yeah, but they should go three and zero. There's no reason why you can't get a revenge on the Hawks. Beat a Portland Trailblazer team who's going to be starting their road trip. Yep. They'll be their second, they'll be second game into their road trip. You should beat, you should beat them. They got the same record, three and two. I remember I said they should have been one and six coming in. Yeah. They had a great yeah, they had a great game against um the Suns. That was a game I thought the Suns were gonna win and Portland actually showed showed out. One thirty four, one oh five victory. So yeah, the more the more Portland and this is the, the issue with Dane. The more Portland wins, the more Dame's going to try to give it that gun-ho, rah-rah, I'm staying in Portland. You know, they beat the Clippers. I had the Clippers beating them. They start a road series against the Hornets, the Sixers, the Cavs, and they go back home to the, with the Pacers, who are playing good. Portland's next three games, they could go 3-0. and And that doesn't sit well. That means they'll be six and two. Yikes! Yikes! There's the Dame sweet uh, sweepstakes because he's getting off to me. Me personally, he's getting off to a mediocre start. Three and two in the West is <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Right, right. You know, 
you you got the Jazz, you got the the Warriors who look a lot better. You know. Yeah, it's not promising. It's not promising. And and for what it's worth, it's not going to hold up either. Definitely not going to hold up. Right. So you think? Yeah, man. Uh, Tobias Harris. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I that's that's going to be my question. I'm put that out there. See how many responses we get. I like that. Yeah. So, Mike, man, um, part of the show that you like that I like is called Q and A, where we take the questions, we try to answer them to the best of our ability, and if we don't answer them, we go get an answer for you and come back to you with it. But we're still hooked on the same question because it's still yet to happen, and we still are having people respond to this. Will Ben Simmons play? for your 2021-2022 Philadelphia 76ers. That was my question. I flipped it. Mike's been reading off some responses. We're trying to get as many responses out there. Mike, hit it. Yes, sir. So back, this was back on the September, the 29th of September. You asked, how would you feel if Ben Simmons returned to the Sixers in a few weeks? And like you said, man, we got a boatload of responses. Uh, I've read... uh, a bunch over the course of the past few episodes and we will continue with our guy John at Skagaritaville he says it depends if he comes back to start trouble you lock him out of the freaking building if he comes back actually looking to improve his game then we see how it plays out mm-hmm. I agree what else you got this is from Franklin Piguero he says Ben Simmons definitely can't play on big market teams. And when we need him the most, he lets us down. Five years already, and he hasn't done anything. He can't even shoot the basketball. Valid point. Valid point. What else you got? This is from Too Shoddy. He said, (laughs) he says, he's already burned that trust with me as a fan. I think he can still be a great player but he's showing me that he has no heart and I don't want someone that doesn't want to be here. So I'm out on that. If he did come back, I'll still cheer him on though because it is my team. I, I think that's the best one you've read. I think yep. that's a, that's spot on. That's that. Hey, and with the, the with him dropping the, the mental situation on everyone and getting mixed emotions, if if he gets diagnosed and he does have a situation, you know, I walk all my comments back, just like Mike will. Right. We walk our comments back. We'll embrace him and and uh, show him the love and support he needs because he's still human first before a, a ball player. Facts. You know, so you should you take the human side and the human element. And you and you embrace that, and do what you got to do. And then, if he gets on the court, starts playing well, Daryl Morey do your job. So, Mike, what else you got? This is from V Man 1969. He says he's toxic for the locker room. Besides, he's too much of a coward to come back and face the Philly fans. He can't even look in the mirror and see his play during the Hawks for what it was. He's lackluster and cowardly. That's an emotional fan right there. Yeah. <laughs> My man, listen, 
Mike, do you do you realize I've seen a, a theme, man? Everyone is still hooked on the Hawks. Yes. That really hurt a lot of fans. That hurt the fans. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard when you had your team. Your team was there. They they that was the team. That was it. And you fall short to the Hawks, and you're seeing you're seeing it in the comments. Go ahead, Mike. Couple more. This is from Tep13. He says, Sixers only have themselves to blame. You publicly try to trade him, then you publicly throw him under the bus in a series where they all got punked. I wouldn't want to play for that team either. Plus, I don't, I don't even, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Plus, Philly is the most toxic sports city in America. This is on Philly. Moves his handle. Tep underscore Tep 13, T-E-P 13. Anyone listening, when y'all listen to this episode, go on your social media and drag him. Because <laughs> he's not a real fan. Hey, I don't even think he's probably, I probably don't think he's from Philly. Number yeah, one. He's a he's a Arizona Cardinals fan. See, bang, did I call that? <laughs> yeah, he's there. Drag him. Drag him. Uh, what else you got, Mike? You know, I, I want to lay into him, but we don't do that during Q&A. Go ahead, Mike. This is from Sid Bernstein. He says, that coddled, always has gotten his way, spoiled human being, would never even enter the, the thought of that idea of him coming back. Jeez. Read me two more. Okay. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. He said, this is from Optimistic Scott. So this guy, hey, guess, what's up, Scotty? Shout out yeah, to Scotty. This is our guy, friend of the show. Ultimately, I'll be salty as hell, but that doesn't take away the fact that that's what's best for both sides here. My only concern is that he comes out and plays half-ass and his value drops even further. It's not his job to bring the trade value up. True. It's not his job to bring the tra trade value up. But if he wants to get traded, he'd bring it up by playing better, by showcasing himself to the 32 NBA general managers and GMs and uh, AGMs and anyone else, coaches, that he can consistently make a jump shot, foul shot, and be mentally checked in to each game. So it it kind of is his job. You You don't want to be here. <laughs> Yeah. We didn't want, we did not want you here. You didn't want to be here. So now you're reaping what you, you, you made. Because I always say, Mike, you show Philadelphia fans, you you are who you are. Well, we going to be who we be. So bring That's me one more, right? Yep, you're right. This is from, oh, this is from Lee JK. 2112. He says, I don't believe any of the so called sources out there. So, if he comes back and is actually willing to try harder, then I'm all for it. I just don't know how much he can be trusted to do that. Ben staying and improving is the best possible option over any goofy trade scenario. He's right. That's another good one. That's another good one. And it's a smart fan. I don't believe the, these, uh, sources please <laughs> these, <laughs> these these sources man it's it's all mouthpiece it's all mouthpiece 
But he, he's right. It's, it's best for the team that they embrace him. And real quick, Mike, before we shut down Q&A, um, Joel Embiid opened the night. 24 hours after saying he couldn't, he didn't care about that guy. Right. You know, did a 360, said he loves him, we want to embrace him, that's their brother, that's their teammate. So, you know, even Embiid's trying to get out in front because they don't want to sit there on the bench and listen to they don't want to listen to that throughout the whole game when he comes back and and, and the heavy booze. So, you know, they're trying to nip it in the bud now by, you know, saying he does have something going on because Ben did talk to the team. He finally approached the team, and it must have been one hell of a conversation he had with the team for Embiid to say what he said 24 hours later. Or, you know, Embiid could also be protecting the team, you know? Totally. Protecting the situation until 2-5 gets back and gets on the court, starts playing, and then something can happen. So I thought that was, you know, pretty classy stand-up for him and B to do that. I understand why he did it. Hopefully the fan base can understand why he did that as well. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't want to go if I have a return to a game. <laughs> yeah, right. Big if. <laughs> yeah, if I ever return to a game, I don't think I want to sit there either and listen to, you know, that throughout the whole entire game, especially from the player that's on our squad. So, hey, man, listen, that was Q&A. If you guys have any questions that you want to get on the show, you can reach us on, at our uh, social media handles. Mike will be giving that out shortly, and, uh, you know, we'll gladly get them on. Mike, final thoughts before we wrap up. Yes, sir. Great show. That was a lot of fun, man. Um, looking forward to this uh, pretty key stretch of games we got. But I don't know. Aside, wins and losses I don't think are as important as they are coming down the stretch in the games. I think right now they need to focus on gelling together as a team, building that chemistry, you know, kind of coming together as a family. And if, if it takes – you know, kind of having Ben's back and welcoming him back in with open arms and making sure that he's a-okay, then, you know, sure, that's, it is what it is. But the bottom line is I love what I'm seeing from Embiid as a leader, uh, and I hope he, he really does have control of, of that locker room and of the, of the clubhouse. And I think if that's the case, then the Sixers will be will be just fine. So I, I, I really want to see the Sixers continue to grow uh, from a chemistry standpoint and, and to grow together as a family. Yeah, man, uh, that was a great final thought you had there. My final thought actually is stemming with Embiid. Uh, I wish he would have had the surgery over the offseason, whether the, the knee was minor or major, just have the surgery anyway um, and come back into this, this year with less pain and just working your way through it. Now, you know, reports coming out that he, you know, the knee's bothering him again, but he's playing through it. He's doing what he loves. He's getting him out of bed. And, you know, I heard it. I heard it in his post game. Um, something we're going to deal with all season. <clears throat> Hopefully, he builds up enough uh, tolerance where he can be dominant because he was, Embiid was fantastic in the Pistons game. He was fantastic. But for him to do that for the next 77 games, it's going to be difficult. So 
you know, final thought for me was I, I wish you would have had the surgery regardless. Um, but if you can deal with it, then I can deal with it. Just hope it doesn't affect the team in key situations when they need you. Hey, yo, man. This is Big T. Will. That's my man, Michael Connell. This was Philly Full Court Press. Had fun. We'll be back with another episode. Peace. O'Connell from Philly Full Court Press. You can find Full Court Press on any streaming podcast platforms. Follow Full Court Press on Twitter at Full Court 76 and Instagram at Full Court Press 76. If you have any questions for us or for the staff, email us at fullcourtpress 76 at gmail.com. As always, we thank you so much for the support and we truly appreciate it. Stand and face the hounds of